Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to Love Yourself Fiercely. Today's guest is Theo Geonosis, who is kind of amazing. Um, She is a business and spiritual mentor who focuses on strategy, wealth, and she's also a human design expert. But beyond that, she really has lived in alignment once she made the decision to leave corporate and live her dreams. So Theo, thank you so much for being here with us. Oh, thank you, Kelly, for inviting me. I am super, super excited to be here. I always love being able to connect with many women that are looking to change their life. That's amazing. And that's really what we're about here on the show is just how to get back into alignment and live in honor of our desires. So I would love if you would share with me your journey to where you are today, your journey to self-love, your journey to alignment, and how you found the courage and the desire to leap into this life that you live now? Oh my goodness. (laughs) All the details. We want all the details. Okay. So part of my journey, um, I'll kind of start midway through, was I found myself um, getting out of a second marriage. Um, My children were seven and eight years old and um, becoming a solo parent. Um, And that was something that was not in my vision. I really had wanted to be able to have children later in life, if you will, and be able to give them the lifestyle that I envisioned for them, not having a broken up home, which is what I grew up with um, or in. And um, so I really, as hard as I could with myself to keep that marriage intact, to be able to give them, you know, two parents in the household. And it really, for me, became very unbearable. I, I lost, literally lost myself. I remember walking around in just kind of a fog, going through the motions, not knowing what to do. And I moved my children out of state. Um, with their father's consent, but received no support of, of any sort during that time. So, you know, being a solo parent and then trying to make ends meet, um, I ended up working two or three jobs and really trying to, again, you know, give them the best life. And I'm in hindsight, that move was the best thing for us. And then what that during that course of time, I started to do more work on myself. I started really um, understanding how my past childhood, my past upbringing, and some of the coding and some of the limiting beliefs that I had inherited, so to speak, or were in my subconscious, were continuing to repeat these patterns. And I wanted, I wanted to be done with it. <laughs> it's like, okay, I see it. <laughs> We're not doing this anymore. Um, And so, you know, my corporate career that was along, going along um, at this time was doing project management, was doing marketing and finance, was doing a lot of business strategy, which had been my corporate past anyways. And I decided, because I had been told for so many years that the reason I wasn't breaking through was because I didn't have my MBA. So you know, being in the mindset that I was at the time, I decided to go back to school and get my MBA. And I graduated with that the same year my youngest child graduated high school. 
So, you know, it was kind of like, I thought that was just kind of an interesting achievement. <laughs> um, and that was when I had sort of this second aha moment, if you will, of recognizing that both my boys were going off into their adult life. I had just gotten this degree and this job that I thought I really wanted that was propelling me into mid six figures and I didn't want it. Mm. I all of a sudden realized, oh my gosh, I, I can now travel without children and now I'm stuck in this job in a cubicle and having two weeks vacation. And it was really, I, I very clearly remember standing in my living room. I remember everything about that. As I think we do, when we can reach those pivotal points in our life, I think we, we really do remember all the details. And it was at that moment that I realized that must have been why I was led to get my MBA, because through that program, I found the internet, <laughs> literally. <laughs> and I could see all of this marketing opportunity, because that's my passion. That's my vision. I just look at things from a marketing lens. And I decided right then and there that I was going to find and create my own online business. So I could take my laptop and go wherever I wanted, maybe visiting my boys, maybe not. They're now 26 and 27. Um, but I didn't want to be in that lifestyle anymore. And um, so that was kind of like the, the recent shift, if you will. Uh, and since that time, so that was right around 2016, still in corporate and still, um, and at the time was starting my online business. And I started as social media manager and an online business manager because those were things that I could do in the evening and weekends mm -hmm. or my lunch hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of like, uh, you know, a really condensed version of where I was and where I am right now. And it's beautiful and I love it. And, you know, I resonate so deeply with, with the beginning part of your story where you fought so hard to keep your family intact, right? It's like, I came from an upbringing like that. I don't want that for my kids. And then, you know, getting to a point where you're like, this is just, I can't go on like this. This is no longer about keeping the family intact and more about keeping myself alive for my kids, right? It's like that overwhelming feeling of, if I don't move from this place, if I don't really take ownership for what I'm feeling, am I, am I really doing right by my children? Which then propels us into that awakening of sorts of like, why do I keep doing this, these kinds of things in the name of enter whatever, right? We're talking specifically about your marriage, but it allowed you to see the limiting beliefs, the pieces of your core wounding that were still so prevalent in your life. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about that awareness piece that you had, that first quote unquote awakening side of things. Once you'd left the marriage, once you'd settled in a new place, what pulled you to want to start working through some of those limiting beliefs, some of that core wounding to, to change the trajectory of how you felt about yourself? Um, I think for me, it was 
getting out of um, the shadow of someone else. So while I had a lot of responsibility with two kids and school and sports and, you know, all the things that come along with that, I didn't, I was for the, probably the first time in that scenario, I could make my own decisions. And I didn't, and while I'm I'm not saying that all my decisions were perfect, (laughs) you can ask my kids, um, but but I I knew then that I, I had this sense that I was being guided. And now, you know, several years beyond that, I can really look back in my life as a teenager, as someone in their 20s, and I have always had this spiritual connection. I've always known there was something greater than myself that was leading me. And it was when I chose to honor that, that really always gave me those, those next steps. But at the time, it was very cloudy. Um, but more and more and more, I started leaning on my intuition and going with, with my gut, so to speak. And then a lot of it also became very energetic. It's like I could feel in my body when things were out, out of alignment or not that don't go that direction. Now, the interesting challenge that, that, um, was a part of my story is my older son who is adopted, also has um, mental health issues. So back in in that time frame, children with mental health, it was not viewed in that manner. And I was told repeatedly that it was my parenting skills. It was, you know, put him in the time out and all of these different scenarios. And so that also really kind of indirectly gave me this passion that he and I are together for a reason, so we better figure out what to do here. And again, there's always, and I'm even just reflecting back on it, there always felt like there was this energy pulling me forward. Just keep going, just keep going. And right, the right people would fall into you know, our path, um, scenarios would happen, I would have parents help with, you know, rides and, and all sorts of things would happen. And that just really strengthened my belief that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing here in this world. Um, so I think, does that answer yeah. your question? <laughs> yeah, it actually is a beautiful segue for us to head to the human design path. Um, because when you speak, I resonate so deeply. It's like when people ask me, how are you where you are? I always say I shouldn't have been based on where I came from, but it was that every time I honored that pull, it just propelled me forward. Um, And I just spoke about this today in one of my containers about honoring the pull, honoring the inner knowing, especially when it doesn't make sense or is unconventional to everybody else. That's typically how we lead ourselves where we're meant to be. But you're a generator and I'm a Manny Gen. So we respond a lot of the time to the world and I'm a sacral authority. So my inner knowing is legitimately what keeps me in alignment. So I would love for you to tell us how you found human design and how it changed your life. Okay. I love that story because what, um, where I kept moving forward to was this, 
conversation with the universe of, okay, I'm ready to leave my job, but you know, my, my subconscious was saying, well, you got to have this all planned out. And even though I knew that wasn't it, you know, friends would say, well, how are you going to do this and have three, you know, you hear three months saving, six months saving. Everyone has a different opinion on how you make that transition. And my last job was a contracted job um, with a city municipality. And I was doing the project management to um, implement brand new software throughout the entire city. Um, so it was a big, 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 big project. And I basically, in my mind, had said, May of 2019, this contract's done, the project's done, that's it. Well, I walked into my job in March of 2019 and was told that because of government funding and budget cuts and everything, the project was done. <laughs> and I remember, you know, that initial shock. It was like, first of all, it was like, in my mind, I was saying, wait, no, 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 no. I was going to give you notice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I remember it was just like a half hour. And I remember taking my little box of stuff because they literally walked me out the door and sitting in my car going, okay, universe, I get it. <laughs> now is the time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and <laughs> it, and yeah. people were shocked. They're going, I'm going to find a job, you know, all these things that is, is what everybody's reaction was. <laughs> I thought it was the best thing going. And I really could hear the universe laughing with me. Like, yeah, you thought it was May, but you've been asking for this. <laughs> so that segues into how I found human design. It was just a couple months after that. Um, you know, I was then obviously in my business full time. And um, I ran across human design um, from a coach that I was working with. It came up and me being the, having the open head and being the inquisitive one and all the things, of course, dove right into it as soon as I found it. But here's the reason why. It absolutely aligned with every, every part of who I was that I had always been there, but I didn't trust it. And so what it did for me was it gave me this confirmation, if you will, that all those nudges responding with my sacral, you know, um, other work environment situations where I had been really frustrated or said yes when I meant no, all of those things just unfolded and it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm not, this is who I am. And I was resisting or didn't know. Um, so it really propelled me to start studying and learning and taking courses. And more and more as I incorporated it into the work I was doing and still do with my clients, I could see their aha moments. I could see it really giving them that permission again to be themselves. And unlike some of those other subjective tests that are out there like, Myers-Briggs and DISC and Strength Finders, those are all things that your mind is really answering. This is a birth chart. Yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't alter the birth chart. Um, so I, I have since really um, in, involve, become involved with human design and gene keys and the astrology and really diving into how they all interconnect, which is endless. 
continue and learn and learn and learn. But that actually intrigues me because it's the integration piece that is so valuable. Not it's human design is not something you read a book and you know. Mm-hmm. It truly is an ongoing daily learning experience. And so that intrigues me because it continues to grow. So that's so for me it was that confirmation that um this was who I was. And it really kind of gave me that blueprint. I mean, we call it a soul blueprint. And it did. And and now I reference it, I'm leaving my charts right here. <laughs> um as kind of that that go-to. It's like, okay, wait, what something's out of alignment, something's out of whack. You know, let me just go back, see where it's like, oh, that's right. And it 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 gives me the tool, as long as I use the tool, to self-correct very quickly um and get back on track. It's amazing. And I just I have to piggyback on your story about the universe. Again, I swear we just lived parallel lives in different countries because I, when I worked in corporate, I could increasingly start feeling as though that wasn't in alignment for me anymore. It wasn't the lifestyle I wanted. I was also a solo parent at the time. And I just felt like I was exchanging my time with my child for money and it sucked. I hated it. And I had been like processing, like, what am I going to do? I didn't know any entrepreneurs in my real life. So I didn't, I had no idea. And then I was in my car on the way back to the office after seeing a client. And I said out loud, okay, universe, just show me the way, like, show me how to do this. 20 minutes later, I got back to the office and my position had been eradicated and they walked me to my car. And I sat in that, I, I shit you not. And I sat in my car with like silent tears streaming down my face, but like literal peace at the same time. It was like this duality of logic versus spiritual, right? Logic. I was like, fuck spiritually. I was like, ah, relief. So it's so funny. I had to just tell you that because it was like a different, it was probably the same fucking year too, 2016. It was the same. Oh, no, you were 29. March 2019. Yeah. Actually, it's three years in a week or so. Uh, Yeah. yeah. It's so, isn't that (laughs) funny though? That like I said it out loud and the universe is like, here you go. (laughs) Let me show you the way. Um, Let's come back to human design for a second. So I I really... I really want to echo the validation piece of like, this is who I've always been, even though the world found it hard to accept, even though I, the world tried to condition us out of that um, push pull response of the sacral or that inner knowing um, it has been instrumental in me deconditioning and coming back home. Yeah. Instrumental in like trusting that I, I just know I don't need logic. I don't need, I don't need facts. I don't need pros and cons lists. I just know. And I now have started incorporating it into my work with my one-on-one clients because I have so many projector clients. It's, I always find it fascinating that, um, they're all, they all gravitate towards me. 
in the deconditioning for, for a projector to understand and be okay with, they're not designed to be energizer bunnies. They are not designed to work eight hours, 10 hours a day, but it's like so much intensive, uh, intense work goes into them trusting that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, and, and, you know, if you look at it from a different perspective, I feel sorry for the manifestors, the projectors and the reflectors, because they have been conditioned in a world of manifesting generators and generators, because there's what, 60 to 70% of the population. And no wonder they are, are not happy or don't fit in or get tired or wonder what's wrong with them. It has nothing to do with anything about them. It's just when they can understand that and flip it and capitalize on their gifts mm -hmm. and, you know, inform and, and be that guiding light. That is what the manifesting generators and generators need. And when we can look at it from that perspective, it really gives us this sense of we are all interconnected and energetically we do, you know, infuse each other um, and recognizing too that everyone's unique and, you know, they're not going to be like us. And um, I know that sounds like a simple statement that everyone should get. Yeah, of course we're unique, but we don't. Mm -hmm. We've not been brought up with that. And it's like you said, you know, your subconscious is going, what about the job? What about the money? How am I going to pay the rent? And, you know, it automatically kicks in that programming that we've been under for so many years. And, but yet the inner knowing was you're going to be taken care of, mm -hmm. but that doesn't relate. It doesn't translate to the external. People don't get that. No. And, you know, which is why I think human design fits so beautifully in my brand as well, because I talk about self-love and self-love to me is just the greatest commitment to the relationship you have with yourself. And when you mm -hmm. can honor yourself and trust yourself and believe in yourself, you can listen to the nudges. You can start to really trust those pieces of you that aren't from logic, but just make sense for you. And human design is a beautiful little chart that says you're supposed to feel that way. This is who <laughs> you are instead of, you know, this, the systematic patriarchy we've all been raised in, right? Societal society tells us who and what we're supposed to be in this world and in what way. And when nobody else in your whole life has said, Hey, that's your gift. Your gift is to nap. Your gift is to quit shit that doesn't serve you. Your gift is to be a leader. Your gift is all of these pieces. Then we don't trust that because the whole world has told us that we have to compete. We have to prove we have to be, you know, we have to walk this tightrope of right or wrong, black or white enough, not enough success, failure, that we don't have this self-trust with ourselves. We don't have this commitment to the, to the relationship you have with who you are to be able to trust those pieces. So it fuses so effortlessly. I adore it. And I also love how it infuses effortlessly in your work, right? You're do, using it as a business tool to guide your clients, which I also do. 
Um, but it's a tool that exists for us to be able to get a clear picture of who we were birthed to be and find a way back to that. Absolutely. Well, and, and I've even seen the magic just in working with women as they discover their design and then we look at a partner or we look at their kids and they get the, the sort of aha moment of, oh, that's why my child can never make a decision. Um, or, you know, and, and we remove the fact that the child is just being stubborn or obstinate, all those labels that we're used to giving. Or, you know, having a partner that just to be able to shift the conversation and say, look, I respond better to a yes and no question. And having that shift in, in dynamics is so subtle, but so impactful on communication. So, uh, and, and I do use it as um, from marketing and um, how to change your messaging, how to show up differently, when to show up, uh, you know, in that manner. But that's why I love human design. You can apply it to any aspect of your life. And, you know, the self-love piece, I remember, you know, first kind of learning about self-love. And that was something that did not come easy for me. Um, And it was because I had been in a very masculine-driven corporate environment for over 20 years. And I'm the oldest of seven children and was always taken care of, you know, had all these responsibilities, all this, all this. I thought, I thought I used to be so proud of myself because I was a survivor. You give me anything, I can survive it. Well, I had to unlearn in order to relearn what self-love really meant. What did being a feminine mean? And, and that to me was also a part, probably over the last 10 years now, of this evolution of really understanding that it's a balance. Everything in life is a balance and it's not only one way or the other. It's finding that happy medium. We have masculine and feminine within us. It's the duality. And um, I was so far in in the masculine that it took a while to come. uh, And then I went way into the feminine. (laughs) It's like, well, okay. (laughs) But, you know, and, and coming back midway now and being able to, lead other women and give them the space and the container to find that gift for themselves is what really lights me up in whether it's on the business or personal level. I love it. And we talk about feminine energy here a lot. Um, <clears throat> we don't talk a lot about masculine. I talk about the balance, but I think so many of us women know how to be a masculine solo parenting, masculine corporate life, masculine, uh, let's just live there. <laughs> Survival. Let me prove it. Masculine. We've just been living there all our lives. So we talk a lot about finding the flow in feminine and creating that balance. In my business programs, I talk, actually, I have an entire program um, about finding the balance in your business and your relationships exactly. in your life and understanding the dualities of the energies and the flow of the energy and the beauty that exists. But when we can embrace that feminine side of ourselves, that feminine energy, the depths of our emotions, you know, feel safe in our emotions. I think that's where the real healing comes 
from yeah. the conditioning that that's where the real healing comes and the, the connection with self comes from the feminine place where you find self-love. It's like, it's safe to be sad. It's safe to be disappointed. It's safe to be hurt. It's safe to long for love and connection. There's so many pieces that we've been told make us weak or vulnerable that now we have to lean in so deep and just trust that the more we feel, the more magic actually occurs. And for me, that was very unsafe too. It's been a long time to be able to really, truly submerge in the feminine and know that at the end of that, at the end of the emotional depths inside of that beautiful feeling, even if it's not beautiful in the moment, is really where my magnetism comes, my power, my magic, the the expansion for myself, for my clients. It's a beautiful place to deepen connection with ourselves. Absolutely. Because for so long, we were told not to feel, or we were told what to feel. Mm. And, you know, I always envision that as little pockets of shadows within us. And, you know, we've been compressing our feelings for so, so long. And when we really can embrace the fact that it's okay, like you said, to be sad, that it's, it's not going to last forever and ever and ever and just be in that moment. And sometimes it's an hour, sometimes it's a day. And, but it's allowing the emotions that we've compressed from the past to, to kind of be acknowledged, but it's also giving us the freedom not to compress anything mm. further. Mm-hmm. And so there's this constant energy shift within us that allows us to be more open and start trusting because the trust is the hard, it's really the, the challenging piece. And I see that, you know, in both business and, and in personal work with clients, it's the trusting that it's going to work because our subconscious operates from the facts and it wants you to make decisions that are logical. And if I do this and this, and we think, and we overthink and we overthink, but it's truly when we listen to our heart that we know that that is our intuition. And because if, it, if you're thinking, it's not intuition. If you're feeling, it's intuition. Mm. And it, it, it's a challenge, especially when you've got, you know, family, friends, everybody else saying you're going to do what? <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like, what are you doing? Um, and that to me, that's, that's the beauty of self-love. It's honoring our own spark, our own fire, our own, and not in a way to be, you know, pushy, but just from the standpoint of this is who I am. And it's amazing how many people um, have since reflected back to me. Like we always saw that in you. It's like, really? (laughs) It's like, why didn't you tell me? (laughs) Um, But, but, but so to me, again, that's, you know, reflecting and getting input from people that have known us and seen us. It's confirmation that this is, this is the right thing. And it feels that way too. Mm, I love that so much. Yeah. That like, when people say, I've always saw that in you, what do you mean? <laughs> it's like, I never saw that in me for one second, but I, I love what you just said about really just owning all parts of ourselves and 
being unafraid to self-express in who we authentically are. And that's for me, I think what this show is all about is just empowering women everywhere to be unapologetically authentic and trusting that it is in the truth of who they are, that greatness occurs. You find soul sisters, you heal sister wounds, you, you find the people that are gonna want to see you thrive, not just survive. They're going to hold space for you to be the greatest version of yourself simply because they genuinely believe that women should be the greatest version of themselves. And the more of us that have these conversations that normalize our, our big energy, our bold self, the more we leave footprints for those behind me to feel safe to do the same. And that is like, I, I'm, I could cry on the daily that like, this is my work. (laughs) This is the work of my (laughs) life. That's also the greatest joy of my life, right. To be able to, to do that. Mm -hmm. And, um, And I love that so many of us are really on that path of self-ownership, radical self-ownership, radical self-love, radical self-leadership, while simultaneously holding incredible space for all other women to do the same. We're just breaking all the rules. We're rebels. I love it. We are rebels. And, you know, it's something that, that our mothers had an inkling of, you know, if you look back generations, to, you know, great grandparents, great grandmothers didn't necessarily know, but I, in for some, you know, mothers, um, they started getting that inkling, but the world wasn't, wasn't ready for it, so to speak. People tried different things and it just wasn't ready. But what I've really seen, especially in these last two years, and especially since some of the world changes in 2020, is that everything is escalated. And women are are speaking up in a manner that is being heard. And it is sort of creating, like you said, this rebel um, vibration of everyone's being attracted to everyone. And we're all now sharing and supporting rather than feeling like we were, were com- competing. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of those old paradigms have fallen because of the work that we're doing. And I truly believe that we are here right now in this moment doing the work that we're doing because that's what we came here to do. And we are changing future generations. Mm -hmm. And thank goodness. Yeah. Amen. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, And, you know, even though my children are in their, you know, hot uh, 26 and 27, you know, but I'm changing that generation because then their children will change. And the moms that are currently at home with kids at home um, are seeing their moms now take a little bit more of a charge or mom, you know, gets time to go do her business. And so all of these things, even though we're not sort of out there putting it in everybody's face, everybody is seeing it being modeled. And it, it's that ripple effect which I love. We don't know, you know, this, this interview that we're doing, we do not know what kind of impact it will, it will have or who will hear it or who will hear something. And that absolutely shifts their life, but we don't need to. That's right. All right. 
So two, two final questions. When we talk about feminine energy and we talk about self-love and, and that side of you that you had to learn and embody and become, what is one of your favorite practices, daily practices, monthly practices, whatever you have that allows you to connect in, in your feminine, feel that sacred femininity and connect back to your heart? So for me, it's always been about journaling, and that's something that I do on a on a daily basis. Um, I was going to say regular because sometimes it's more than daily. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I really have to say I have always felt drawn to the stars and the moon and the lunar cycles, and for me, even in some of the crazy chaos days that I endured. I always honored the new moon and the full moon. And to me, it was one of those, those nights, if you will, um, that I could really, really get in touch with powers greater than myself and talk, you know, write my letters and write my intentions and really have my candles. And, and I remember even when my boys were still home, I would always make sure they were doing something with friends so that they could be gone and I could go do my, mm-hmm. my moon dance, if you will. Um, but for me, because it is, it's something each new moon and full moon comes every 30 days. It kept me um, focused on renewal. And what I mean by that is like for the full moon with regards to forgiveness, it's like what if I did it in 30 day six segments, then I'm not letting things compound. But just looking back over the last 30 days, what is it that I need to forgive with myself, which is usually the thing that we forget. And, you know, just kind of do that little, that little review and know that I can release it. And I don't need to keep carrying it with me. I don't need to keep building on the guilt and shame that I didn't know of or that I used to carry with me. And the same thing with the new moon. If You know, we just passed a new moon. It's what do I desire for the next 30 days? And it's amazing how those 15-day increments, for me, really kept me centered on myself. Um, And... You know, self-love, you hear about the bubble baths and the pedicures and the manicures and all that kind of thing. And I have to admit, way back when, that was how I really started (laughs) because that meant I had time to myself. It was like, ooh. Um, But it's really so much more. To me, it's much more of connecting internally and then connecting with my spirit guides on a regular basis um, through meditation. And... um, so those would be kind of the, the core pieces that go with me wherever I go. I even traveling now, I have 10 Oracle decks that I brought with me um, because <laughs> like out of, I, I don't even know how many, but that to me again, is this, it's part of ritual. I guess if I really had to give it a word, it's creating my own rituals as I feel called, not forever and ever and ever and ever. Just right now, I'm feeling like I want to pull a card every night, you know, and I want to journal about it. That feels good. Next week might be something different. Mm, I love that so much. And um, 
I'm not even, you said something about bubble baths and nails, but I've said it so many times, but I'll say it for those who are hearing this episode or hearing this show for the first time, getting your nails done, getting a pedicure, getting a massage, going out for brunch. Those are acts of self-care. Self-care is like a hug. Self-love is commitment to the relationship you have with yourself. They're so different. Perfect. Yes, absolutely. Well, again, if you, you know, everything's always internal and and external. Mm -hmm. And if you really think about it, all of that self-care is external. And what for me is, is more important is the self-love, which is internal. Yeah. And we all started with the manicures and carving out space and really setting intentional time for ourselves. So if you are new to your self-love journey and you were listening to this and you feel judged, don't. I just want you to remember that it's deeper than that and that it's your commitment to yourself. It's your nourishment for yourself. It's your self-awareness, your self-compassion, your self-understanding, your self leadership that really changes the trajectory of your life. Theo, thank you so much for being here. Please tell our people where they can connect with you and how they can work with you in the future. Oh, absolutely. And thank you again for asking me to be a part of of your podcast. And um, I just feel so honored. I am pretty much everywhere on social media. So you can find me on Facebook under Theogenosis. And then I do have two Facebook communities. Soul Driven Women is for um, women. And we really talk about a lot of this, this inner work and the soul work. And then Back Office Studio is much more of a focus um, on business and structures. And we do live coaching sessions and networking and all the things. And then on Instagram, it's C-O-L-Geonosis, or you can find me on Linktree at the top of my bio. And that's got all my programs. It's got all my um, current offerings, um, opportunities to connect with me. And I think that covers enough of it. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll make sure all of those links are in the show notes. Thank you again for your time and for this beautiful conversation. Um, The world is so lucky to have your energy in it. Oh, well, together, together, we can create that ripple effect and together we rise. And thank you for asking me to be here today. And to our listeners, I hope you love yourself fiercely and fully today and every day. See you on the next episode.